This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Welcome back to Education Matters. I'm Katie Olmstead, part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association, which represents about 120,000 K-12 teachers, education support professionals, and higher ed faculty members in the state. Our members have powerful voices, and we need to make sure our lawmakers hear them, especially now when we are so close to seeing the Fair School Funding Plan finally become a reality. That's why OEA is asking all of our educators to take part in Lobby Days, June 8th and 9th. OEA Vice President Jeff Wensing joins us now to explain. Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us and walk us through this. Let's start with the basics. What are Lobby Days? Lobby Day is an opportunity for uh, educators to meet with their legislators or policymakers and let their educator voice be heard on our, our issues that affect our students and our, and our educators and our communities. So walk me through the day. How does it look? Well, uh, in normal times, uh, what it would look like is uh, we would have a briefing at the OEA building prior to Lobby Day. Uh, we would have that up on the second floor and the room was generally full uh, from what I remember. And uh, members from the GR staff would give uh, those in attendance a, a briefing and some talking points uh, about what we would like uh, our legislators to know about our issues, about the pending legislation that is at the state house. Uh, and then after that briefing, um, they would have already previously made appointments with legislators, their legislators, and they'd walk over to the state house or the Rife Center and meet with their legislators. Uh, sometimes, mostly they attend in a group uh, because uh, safety in numbers, a pack is good. Uh, the insurance salesman approach, they would talk to their legislator and you generally meet with your, with your uh, legislator for um, maybe up to a half hour as long as the legislator is engaging in good conversation. I've been, I've been uh, there where we've had longer conversation. I've been there when we've had less. They, they just want to kind of listen to you or they send their aid and the aid listens to you and sends you on your way. But it's always been productive whether you talk to the, uh, the policymaker themselves or the aide, because uh, when you run into the, to the policymaker over the state house, they mention, hey, I, I, I talked to my legislative aide and I, I heard about the conversations you had. So it's always positive. I assume it's a lot like when you're in bargaining and you need to do the one-on-ones with your peers. It's a lot easier to talk to somebody who's already on your side. Do you have some advice for people who are talking to, to the lawmakers who maybe aren't in agreement with them on their issues? That's why the briefing is so important. Uh, we, when I say we, I mean OEA holds that briefing. Uh, the talking points uh, give you a lot of uh, uh, comfort uh, when, because you have the facts uh, when you're talking with uh, all legislators, whether they're pro-public education or they're not. But it is important that we talk to all of our, our legislators, those that are friendly uh, toward public education and those that maybe need a little nudge. So having those talking points going, going together, uh, I've been in an office or two where I would consider the legislator uh, not very pro-public education friendly, and it never turns into something like at the OK Corral, but uh, you, know, you, can have, you can have some fun discussions. 
And it's so important that we do have these discussions with your legislator, the one who represents your geographic area. My understanding is that legislators are less likely to take what you're saying to heart if they don't actually represent you. Is that about right? I would say that's a fair statement. Uh, legislators are elected, uh, so they like to talk to the people that have the ability to cast a vote for them or not cast a vote for them. And what I think is so important about Lobby Days is they're hearing from the boots on the ground, the, the people who are actually in the classrooms, in our schools, who understand these education issues so much better than they do. When I'm talking to our members, I always remind them that their biggest asset is their experience. How would you advise educators to leverage that in their conversations? It's, it is the most important leverage that they have. Uh, when you talk with, uh, you mentioned earlier, pro-public education-friendly legislators or those maybe who aren't, uh, either discussion can be very informative for both parties. A legislator who's not on the primary or secondary education committee has told me that they rely a lot on their colleagues who do sit on those committees for their information. And this is another opportunity to understand the issues. Uh, when you have a back and forth with someone who is considered friendly, or if you have a back and forth who is uh, with the legislator who's not considered friendly, because you actually do provide information, firsthand information, someone who lives it as, a, as an educator or a retired educator who has lived it. Uh, they appreciate that information. And then uh, on the flip side of the coin, you uh, as a, a active educator or retired educator, you understand someone who is on the other side who may not be pro-public education friendly. And you, you kind of walk away from those conversations, understanding uh, the other side a little bit better. And, and I think that's important too. We don't need people who are super politically involved or politically savvy. We need everyone. Absolutely. Yeah, we just had the representative assembly and we had a video regarding the 10th anniversary of Senate Bill 5, where we took back our rights to collectively bargain that the governor at the time, Governor Kasich, was attempting to take away from us. So we need our educator voices heard when we come together with our allies like we did in Senate Bill 5. We're able to accomplish uh, our goals. And, and here we are again. We're talking about our issues and one of those being school funding, which has been declared unconstitutional for over two decades, approximately 25 years. We actually have an opportunity to try to make some inroads and, and correct that wrong uh, known as uh, inadequate school funding. And the fair school funding plan at this point is still in the Senate budget. Talk to me a little bit about what it is, where things stand and where we are going from here. Well, in the conversations that uh, our lobbyists have had, and even our president, Scott DeMarno, we expect the Senate to drop uh, an amended version of school funding. Uh, you've probably heard that we're very happy to, to have legislators on both sides of the aisle acknowledging that school funding is broken and there, there needs to be a fix. Uh, unfortunately, what I'm expecting, what we're expecting in our conversations uh, is that the Senate is going to drop their amended version with significantly less dollars in it than the House version. The House version, uh, the Fair School Funding Plan, uh, also known as Cup Patterson from the previous General Assembly, provides uh, roughly $1.8 billion annually, in addition to what's going on right now with school funding, once it's fully phased in, which would take approximately 
six years. So $1.8 billion. We're talking about uh, opportunities here to be less reliant on property taxes, which is how it's supposed to work. Right now, you know, one of the reasons it's been declared unconstitutional, it relies too much on local property taxes, okay? We believe the correct formula is the fair school funding plan, which equitably funds our schools regardless of where you are in Ohio, whether you're rural, you're urban, what communities you're in. We're talking about equitably funding our schools and providing what our students need regardless of your zip code to be successful in this state of Ohio, which, which we need to do. And how important is the educator voice in making sure that the senators who are going to be voting on this, especially, understand that, what this formula means for our kids? That's why Lobby Day, this time around, you know, we've heard, oh, come to Lobby Day. But we need uh, educators from all over the state to come together, whether you're able to participate in person, which is an option, or whether you can lobby your, your legislator uh, over Zoom or virtually, uh, make those appointments. We can help you. OEA can help you make those appointments if you need it. Uh, just get in touch with us. Uh, but we need to let our uh, legislators know our personal stories and how the lack of funding has affected our communities, how they affect our day-to-day as an educator and how they affect our students. And we have the obligation to prepare our students for the 21st century and beyond. And right now we're falling short and Ohio has a chance to lead the way and be at the, the forefront of doing what's right by kids. I know I personally am hesitant when someone says, hey, speak up on this. Hey, share your story. I always feel like I'm not the most qualified person. And then I get scared and I get shy about things. Our educators are the perfect people to talk about this. And again, we're, we're going to do that briefing in the morning. I think it's going to be virtual this year to, to help people really understand how to tell their stories, right? Absolutely. So uh, we're talking about lobby days. I, I just want to reiterate the dates. <laughs> I should probably be saying the dates all, uh, every couple of sentences. It's uh, June 8th and June 9th. Uh, again, we will have the briefings each day. I believe it's 9 a.m. And uh, yeah, you are going to be provided uh, talking points. You're going to be well-informed. Um, I People take those talking points out. I've lobbied and I've had those talking points right out in front of me. And I've actually... Uh, given uh, my talking points to the to the uh, legislator because they they want a copy and they run and they make a copy and they give my originals back. So uh, it's these aren't secrets. Uh, they're please share them with the legislator. We want our policymakers to know exactly how we stand, and we need, like I've mentioned, on June eighth and June 9th, uh, we need to do that with with our our legislators at the state house at the Rife Center whether it's on Zoom, uh, we have to stand up for ourselves, for our students and our communities. And it's worth noting that the in-person versus virtual thing in this case is, is generally going to be up to the lawmaker. Some lawmakers want to see people in, in person. Some lawmakers want to see people only virtually. When you're making your appointment, that's something you, you sort out, right? Absolutely. Um, I was talking with Scott the other day. He had a meeting uh, with Senator Dolan and Senator Dolan was great. He said, do you want me to wear my mask? Do you not want me to wear my mask? How do you want to proceed with this? So I, I think uh, our legislators understand the times that we live in and what's going to make people comfortable. 
uh, during our lobbying. And we have a lot to lobby on. It's just not the fair school funding plan. We have an opportunity to uh, reduce testing. Uh, we have an opportunity to change our broken report card, which is at the root of so many of our problems, including uh, placing our schools under the rule of an academic distress commission, which we are continually and actively trying to get those dissolved as well. So we have other issues that are uh, important to educators across Ohio, uh, but definitely fair school funding is at the top of our list uh, as the most uh, important issue that we can lobby on this time. But there are other things, there's always things, and it's amazing how many educational issues are decided by uh, the, the state house, our legislators in the state house that affect uh, our communities and our jobs and our lives that we have no control of. They vote on everything, they vote it in. <laughs> Let's dive into those. Fair school funding, as you mentioned, top priority for us. What's going on with the state testing? Well, uh, we have an opportunity to reduce some of our state testing. It was in the previous General Assembly, it was House Bill 239. It's been reintroduced as House Bill 73. Uh, and it will do a few things. One, it will uh, take two of the end of course exams in American history and American government, reduce it down to one test. So that's a reduction of one. Uh, it will also take into consideration, um, currently what's happening uh, at ODE, they have a, a requirement that no district should spend more than 2% of the instructional time on issuing state tests or federally mandated tests. But it's kind of just lip service. There is no uh, control, there's no oversight. Well, that's in House Bill 73, that each school district would have a committee of parents, of teachers, of educators, of administrators that would evaluate actually how much time is being spent on testing, like I've mentioned. Uh, and you'd have to compile a report. So as is now, that's on the books, but there is no oversight. House Bill 73, uh, as written, uh, would actually have oversight. There would have to be a report by the district presented each year uh, on that type of thing about how much time educators and students are spending on testing each year, and, and they'll, they'll have to address that. The third thing is, as written, it makes taking the ACT and SAT uh, optional. So as it is now, it's mandatory for students to take the SAT and the ACT in high school. Um, it's paid for, it's free, it's paid for by the state. But a lot of our students uh, aren't interested in uh, post-secondary going to higher ed. We're all for our students going to higher education. However, some students are going to fantastic uh, career and uh, technology uh, schools, career tech schools, and they're gonna come out with uh, a degree that they're gonna use right after high school. And they don't need it. I, have, I always tell the story that when I was in my last year in the classroom prior to taking this job, I had a student came back uh, after taking his practice ACT, SAT, and he just uh, did abacadabba, ABC, ABC. Uh, and I said, what happened? And he goes, well, Mr. Wensing, I, I passed all of my uh, welding certifications. And uh, when I graduate from high school, I'm going to be a welder. And I'm going to make more than you probably, Mr. Wensing. <laughs> um, uh, so in addition to making the ACT and the SAT optional, it eliminates, House Bill 73 eliminates the retention portion of the third grade reading guarantee. And we support all of those. This is not the only opportunity to advocate for things like that. Lobby days 
I cannot stress this enough. Please take part in lobby days. Go to the, the website, ohea.org. You can register. You There's a link for you to RSVP. And, and, and if you need help setting up your appointment, we're happy to help with that. But there are always other opportunities where we need educator voices to really help lawmakers understand these issues. Any chance you have, this is a one lobby day, but you can lobby 365 days a year. I know many of the districts um, across our state. We have 10 districts, uh, such as uh, NELEA, Northeastern Ohio Education Association, Central uh, in, in, in and around uh, Columbus, uh, Capitol. They provide opportunities for their members to lobby throughout the year. I've attended legislative dinners where uh, in ECOEA, where they bring their legislators together in that district and they have a night where members can meet and uh, have frank and open conversations with their legislators. So not only does OEA provide uh, their version of Lobby Day, but so do the districts. So yes, there are other opportunities. But this opportunity coming up June 8th, June 9th, this is the one we're laser focused on because there is so much on the table right now, so much at stake. Absolutely. And we can't forget about report card reform. Ah, so, I forgot about that. See, so we've got, we've got uh, House Bill 200, which is uh, the, the House's attempt to fix our broken report card. And Senate Bill 145 uh, also is another piece of legislation that attempts to fix it. I provided testimony on each. Uh, I've let the Senate know that our preferred version is House Bill 200. Uh, it will replace our A through F report card with uh, phrases such as exceeds expectation, meets expectation. And the lowest rating, if you want to call it lowest, is in needs of support. It eliminates the F rating. It eliminates labeling, labeling our students, labeling our communities and, and our educators as failing, which is wrong. Um, we need to provide the support that our schools need. And if you're labeled in need of support, it's our obligation to give you that support. Now, what is also very important is to include the student opportunity profile. It's a non-graded, non-rated, it's a for report only type of item where uh, this report would allow parents, anybody that's interested in moving in the community to know what's happening in terms of uh, opportunities for students in your school system. What's the ratio of educators to uh, students? What's the ratio of school nurses, school counselors to students? What's the ratio of uh, uh, social workers to students? What uh, are the percentages of students who are enrolled in AP classes? What are the percentages of students that are taking uh, actively participating in one or more co-curricular or extracurricular activities such as band or the arts or the other number of, or percentage of art classes that are available. Uh, so I, we believe that's important to have in the bill. Uh, we understand that the House is very close to adding it. And I let the Senate know, even though we prefer the House version, if you want to add that too, that'd be great. Uh, they have a system of STARS, the Senate version of report card reform. And again, I'll go back to the, to the fact that it, it is a positive that uh, both sides of the aisle understand that the report card is broken. Both sides of the aisle understand that school funding is broken. It's just now how do we land in a happy place that is the right fix? So yes, we have a lot 
going on, and we have a lot that can be lobbied on on June 8th and June 9th. Get your briefing at 9 a.m. from OEA and our lobbyists. And sign up for it now so that we know you're coming and we can help you get ready for it. Jeff, thank you so much. Thank you. This is my second time, and I, I, I liken this to Saturday Night Live, that I'm making my way to the five-timers club. So uh, anytime I have a, an opportunity to give a legislative update, I love it, and I'll, I'll, I'll be a, a guest if you'll have me again. OEA members can learn more about how they can get involved in Lobby Days with the links in the show notes for this episode. While you're there, make sure you click that follow or subscribe button so you don't miss an episode in the future. If you have thoughts on the podcast, email me at educationmatters at ohea.org. And you can connect with OEA anytime on social media. Just look for at OhioEA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, stay well. Thank you.